Welcome to Pete's Property Podcast, brought to you by Buyers Buyers and hosted by Pete Wargent, buyers agent, finance and real estate expert, and all-round property guru, plus published author. Join Pete for 30 minutes as he chats all things property with a new guest each week. Learn practical tips from the movers and shakers in the property industry and well-known personalities sharing their property journeys. G'day, welcome to this week's episode of the Pete Wargent Property Pod. I'm thrilled to invite back onto the show our in-house resident property expert, Alistair Elias. Al, how's it going? Good to have you back on. Yeah, great to be back, Pete. Everything's going well. We've had a uh, funny market over the last couple of months. It's nice to see some uh, real activity starting again and excited today to be uh, speaking about Southeast Queensland. We are. Just before we get on to that, you're a country boy, aren't you? Uh, obviously, been a difficult week down in Echuca. What's been happening down there? Yeah, so born and uh, bred on the Murray River, Pete, and uh, spent most of my lifetime in Echuca and uh, worked and uh, lived in Rochester for a while as well. So tough times for all those folk down there, and it's, it's heartbreaking to see what they're going through. And I've got a lot of friends and family down that way that have uh, either been affected or are about to be affected as well. And um, even myself, Pete, I've got some some real estate down that way. So it's affecting a lot of people in different ways, but very, very tense times for people down there. And a um, yeah, big shout out to all of them as well. Yeah, I just wanted to also add just a shout out to all of the people who've come out and volunteered. It's been an unbelievable effort and uh, quite heartwarming to see everybody pulling together through what's obviously a very stressful and difficult time for people down there. So, Al, as you mentioned, today we're going to talk about Southeast Queensland in particular because the controversial land tax, which had been proposed and legislated for Queensland, whereby the state government was uh, proposing to uh, tax interstate investors on their land holdings all around the country, which threw a lot of property plans into disarray. Now, there was a huge amount of pushback on this uh, from various interest groups, not only landlords, but also um, I think a lot of commercial property might have been impacted as well. But that, those plans have been shelved. I think the other states didn't really buy into providing the requisite information either. So look, firstly, it's a big sigh of relief for people who would have been adversely impacted with extra land tax. I think some people were planning to sell, now uh, no longer may need to. Uh, But also it was uh, for people, prospective investors looking forward to the Brisbane Olympics, say 10 years away, I think a lot of people were just like, well, this just sounds like it's a bad idea and uh, looking, we're starting to look elsewhere. But you're starting to see now a change in focus from people inquiring? Yeah, pretty much overnight, Pete. And um, the moment they announced it and things went through, and we're all a little bit shocked when that did get pushed through, um, probably a little bit faster than what we we thought it was going to and without as much consultation as what we thought. And certainly overnight that inquiry dropped and um, really straight away as soon as people saw that that was not on the table anymore, they, they were then showing that interest back into Queensland again. So good news all around. I think the other thing as well is that uh, there's been a few developments in terms of uh, well monetary policy. Um, so at the start of October, the Reserve Bank was widely tipped to increase the cash rate target by another 50 basis points. In the end, deciding to only go by 25 basis points. And it certainly gave people a bit more confidence or possibly hope that we're getting nearer to the top of the interest rate cycle. Uh, now, that was two and a half weeks ago at the time of recording. And actually since then, a whole load of data has been coming in 
soft there. We got the jobs figures today. Basically, no jobs growth at all since June. Uh, so I think a lot of people are now coming around to the idea that although the Reserve Bank may uh, still have some hikes left in it, we're getting pretty close or pretty close to the top. So I think that's presumably made a bit of a difference as well to confidence. Yeah, it has. I think just with a lot of people uh, sitting on the fence, you know, a little bit uh, reasonably nervous and a bit cautious as well, which is understandable. I mean, we're in those sort of times when people have got a right to be, particularly off the back of the pandemic and not quite knowing what's what's going to happen in the future. But uh, really now, and we've spoken about this a few times, really about when to buy, and I think there's still quite a few people that are sitting on the fence. But we see this in every upturn and, and downswing as well where, you know, people will do that. But at the same time, I think it's, there's always that opportunity. I think the astute investor knows that, look when other people aren't actually looking because there are opportunities out there. You don't have to rush the process. And by using a good buyer's agent, they actually understand that because if you've got time up your sleeve, a good buyer's agent will take their time and they will look at the right properties and then they'll use that negotiation power to to make it work in their favour. Yes, yes. I think it's um, we do seem to see similar things in every cycle and uh, things can turn around pretty quickly, but it's a, uh, definitely a confidence thing. And I think uh, people, they're just looking for that confirmation or some kind of validation that we're getting close to the bottom of the cycle and then everybody comes back in droves. Um, it's interesting, Al, I just um, came back uh, from the school run, as you know, and uh, just chatting to some of the parents there and uh, one of the nannies uh, is a Melbourneian, another crowded up from... Uh, Lennox Head, uh, another group who uh, sort of ex-Macquarie guys have moved up here. This is um, the Sunshine Coast in Queensland. It was uh, it was really obvious um, just chatting in some of the social circles up here. There's very few people who are born and bred uh, Queenslanders, certainly in the uh, network that I'm in. And uh, that is very much being reflected in population growth figures in Australia. And in fact, Queensland has been leading the nation in population growth for some time, which um, historically has been unusual because most people, of course, when they come into the country, go to Sydney and Melbourne. But interstate migration to Queensland, now the highest on record. So even bigger than the uh, post-Olympics Sydney boom, when everyone started moving up to Queensland, it's, uh, I think, it was partly driven by COVID, but I think there's just an acceleration of that flexible working arrangement phenomenon and the working from home phenomenon as well. So I guess that's a big factor for landlords considering investing in Queensland properties. That there's just a huge underlying demand for housing across the southeast corner of the state. Yeah, totally. And and obviously, we did see those really big numbers coming in. But I think people have still got an appetite for that lifestyle. A lot of people have reassessed where they're at. And just that change in, in work-life balance as well. Me being one of those people that moved back up here full-time, working remotely because we've got the opportunity to actually do so. Um, you will find, I think, Pete, just, just based on past experience, that probably 25% of the people that have moved into the regions outside Melbourne, Sydney, uh, into Queensland, oh, I think 25% eventually will move back. You do t- tend to find that within maybe a year to two years' time. Like they they tend to miss their friends and their family, and particularly if they move into regional areas, they do find out that the uh, conveniences are not quite there like they were used to. And, um, you know, what they say on TV is not always the ideal lifestyle, but you do get that other 75% that uh, really do settle in and love their lifestyle. And I think we'll we'll continue to see that movement within the Queensland as well. And, and me on a personal level, I know a lot of people that are, are talking about it and it's just a matter of time for them. So this is not something I think short term. Uh, it should keep pushing out through the years. Yeah, I think generally, internally anyway, people do tend to relocate 
to southeast Queensland, and it, it's generally the new migrants that go to Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah, I'm a huge convert to the uh, southeast Queensland lifestyle, um, uh, formerly being based in Sydney. I was out in Brisbane uh, just the other day, Al, um, albeit temporarily. Um, interesting to see uh, the Queen's Wharf development really uh, hitting its straps now, and also. Uh, we've got new developments like bridges and all kinds of new sort of commercial uplift going on. We mentioned just in passing before uh, the 2032 Brisbane Olympics, which I guess will really put the city on the international or global map. Um, but there's a fair bit of other infrastructure uh, still to come in terms of um, well, stadium upgrades, but uh, all kinds of other uh, rail projects and all sorts of stuff going on. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see Brisbane is... Now changing, I guess, from the the sort of large town feel that it had to it ten years ago into a genuine sort of global type of city now. Yeah, I think it was uh, Campbell Newman was the the mayor at the time, and he pronounced it as Australia's newest global city. And it, it probably had relevance. He did say that because we can look all the way back to Expo '88, which really did put Brisbane on the map in the first place. Moving up here in two thousand and nine myself for the first time before I moved back and then back again. Uh, the amount of changes that I've seen, I mean, there's a second bridge crossing across the Brisbane River towards the airport there, just the amount of new apartments that have gone up, a lot of changes, and it, it has been pretty amazing, actually. And and I, I did comment when I first moved up here, the amount of roadworks that are actually happening, you know, I didn't see those sort of roadworks happening in Melbourne and Sydney, so it really was just showing the appetite for people moving here. And I think Brisbane with the tunnels and so forth, we're pretty well prepared as well. So it, it's a good city to get around compared to Melbourne and Sydney as well. So I think there's there's a lot going for it and there was some good forward thinking as far as infrastructure went. You just um, mentioned their apartments. Now, we do know that the preferred dwelling type in southeast Queensland is typically a detached home on a 400-square-metre block of land or ideally larger if you've got the budget. But apartments... In Brisbane and southeast Queensland, that's an interesting one because there was a long period there of maybe 10 or 12 years where there was practically no movement in apartment prices at all, certainly at the median price level. But we're starting to see, uh, now that we're not getting the overbuilding that we had uh, five or six years ago, a lot of people now looking at apartments more seriously in Brisbane uh, and units. And um I guess, you know, that might be driven by a range of factors, affordability being one. I think borrowing capacity, certainly for first-time buyers and many investors, has been cut by 20% from a year or two ago. And also vacancy rates are now very low. Um, so what are you seeing in terms of apartment trends, Al? Yeah, exactly that, Pete. If you want to rewind back to you know, maybe 10 years ago, 2012, there's a lot of apartments that have been built and it was a bit of a joke at the time, buy an apartment now or buy one coming up in a year or two, you're going to get something quite cheap. And and that was quite true of the fact with the oversupply, there was, there was certainly plenty of it. Obviously, again, if we go back and we have a look at some of the data over the years, in some areas might have bucked the trend and done okay, but in general, apartments have been pretty poor performers in Brisbane. But really mid-2020, in, in many of these areas, Nunda, Cooparoo, in Drupilli, there's been a real uptick as far as that goes. And again, I think it's that affordability levels being that big one there where people want to be in some of these, you know, maybe that seven, eight kilometer arch of the city, uh, the radius of the city, but um, trying to achieve that with a with a house now is, is very tough. But 
people are more than happy to say, well, let's let's sacrifice the space for convenience. And and that's why they will look at apartments and um, definitely a lot more trend in it. And looking at some of the rental increases lately, it's um, they've been steady in apartments and, and definitely an uptick in um, in the prices as well. And there's only so many apartments they're, they're going to build in the short term. So again, we don't tend to look at apartments a lot, but strategically, if it's the right situation for the, uh, for the right budget, then certainly worth consideration in the right market. Yes, and also there's a sort of a an in between option being the uh, the three bedroom, two bathroom townhouse, uh, which can be popular in some parts of the city, in particular where prices are high or where, where supply is very tight. Uh, you mentioned the rental market there; that's been a really interesting turnaround. Um, I mean, the Gold Coast and Sunshine Coast have had tremendously tight rental markets over the past year or two, uh, but even Brisbane, which um, maybe uh, five or six years ago, uh, had very high vacancy rates in um, some parts of the city, like at Hamilton, CBD, and around the Valley and West End. There's lots of pockets where there was just loads of new supply coming online. Rents were very soft, but that's now gone the other way. We're not building so much, and uh, internal migration has really picked up. Um, So we're starting to see some quite significant increases in rents in a lot of parts of the city. Yeah, very much, Pete. And again, if we look at some of the rental vacancy rates, you know, some of these rates that we haven't seen for many, many years, if at all, in some of these cases. And and unfortunately, you know, obviously the government right now is talking about building a lot more affordable housing. They, they've put something out uh, in the last couple of days about the amount of dwellings, but you know, it's going to take time. And we look at the construction industry and they're all quite busy at the same time. And so these things will take time. And I, I can't say that the rental problem um, is going to go away in any great hurry as well. So just look online, have a look at some of the socials. People are saying, look, I've had a rent, rent increase of X amount. I, I no longer can afford to live in Brisbane or we now have to push out. So there's getting some real pressure on a lot of people out there at the moment. Obviously good for investors if they've got uh, current current properties here because they've seen a good rise in um, capital values. are also seeing a good rise in rent as well. But uh, there's going to be quite a bit of work to do, I think, for the government to find that that balance as far as it goes. Do you want to save on buyer's agent fees? You could save thousands with Buyers Buyers. As Australia's most extensive network of buyers agents, we can lock in highly competitive prices. Plus, our national network of buyers agents are some of the best in the business. So get the Buyers Buyers advantage and talk to us today. Call 1800 975 051 or visit buyersbuyers.com.au. Just on the uh, day of recording the uh, Queensland Housing Summit, I think it was announced today, or at least leaked from the meeting, that um, Queensland government will look to add another 5,500 affordable social housing dwellings over uh, the next uh, five years to 2027. But um, uh, really, 1,000 dwellings per annum is only a drop in the ocean in terms of the um, actual uh, requirement for housing in southeast Queensland. Let's talk a bit about some of the um, areas that we're looking at in Brisbane, Al. I think one of the key themes is that if you're looking to invest in southeast Queensland today, I mean, there is a tremendous need for rental housing, uh, which is good. But you do need to be a bit careful in terms of where and what you buy, uh, not least because uh, Queensland did have a big uh, jump in prices uh, through um, 2020 and 2021 uh, before reversing 
during this year. So you just need to be a little bit careful about the price point. Um, so a lot of the uh, suburbs that we're looking at at the moment, Al, they're generally, I guess, middle ring suburbs with good city access, but uh, with a, a bit of a tilt towards some of the more affordable options on the market instead of um, paying top dollar. Yeah, and I think if we look at the way a lot of the uh, price drops in a lot of these areas, it certainly has been the high-end stuff that's pulled back, and a lot of the time that's due to affordability and the amount of people that can actually service alone around those sort of marks. So within that sort of, again, seven, maybe 8K radius of Brisbane, we do find there's been significant increase, like a lot of areas, but it does come down to that affordability. So then it's looking at the suburbs that might be past the ones that have dramatically gone up. So if we take the western suburbs, for example, uh, Chapel Hill seen um, dramatic growth in the last couple of years, and 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 really that's become a suburb now. You've got median prices around about that one point three million dollars. So if you push a little bit further out towards places like Kenmore, you've still got a good radius to the CBD. It's still very commutable. You've got train stations not all that far away. Good services, uh, good sort of lifestyle areas as well. So people looking at those because you know you're probably more around pick up a property around that one to one point one million. Sunnybank Hills, again, it's within that radius on the south side of the city and then pushing out suburbs like Cooparoo, Camp Hill, you know, these have traditionally been very sought-after areas. Again, they've dramatically gone up. Um, so looking at places like Mount Gravatt as well, and if we're looking again at the Bayside suburbs, people go for that lifestyle. They may not need to be near the CBD, so there's still some affordable areas out there where, you know, close to the M1 where you can push, push north or south, um, and then sort of on the north side as well, again, a little more sort of, seaside areas or, or coastal areas like uh, Brighton as well, people looking for that that lifestyle. So certainly some good opportunities, but I think you're 100% right, Pete. Right now it is about showing that little bit of caution, finding the right suburbs, but then also using the negotiation power. Buyers agents are very, very careful with the way they will select these and, and using that skilled negotiation to make sure they get it. And I think where we've really seen the best opportunity is some of that off-market, pre-market property. People, you know, don't always want to advertise. We're still seeing quite a few transactions happening without actually going to the market and buyers agents very often are early in the piece and securing property for their clients that way. I think uh, you could apply the uh, the same logic. If you're looking to buy um, up my way, Sunshine Coast, or also on the Gold Coast, I think um, certainly parts of the Sunshine Coast, uh, for example, the hinterland areas like Dunham, we saw some unbelievable spikes in prices as people were rushing for those lifestyle bolt holes. I think if you're looking to invest in these markets now, now it's definitely cooler and prices are coming off, which is a good thing. You can negotiate much harder and much more forcefully now on price and terms. But You'd probably be looking at areas like Tawantin or Maruchidor or Nambour, you know, Bly Bly, some of those markets that aren't quite so uh, expensively priced. Now, median prices in those suburbs range from, I guess, 700 to to the low ones. But even within suburbs, you know, there are always properties below the median price that are worthy of consideration. And likewise, on the Gold Coast, Al, um, some parts of the Gold Coast now extremely expensive, but um, there's certainly, there are suburbs like Southport and Narang and Ormo and Mudjuribar. There's plenty of places where you can still pick up solid investments with decent rental yields. But the order of the day at the moment is just being a bit careful about the price that you pay. Because if you want to get a good result over the next decade, you want to be really careful that you're not overpaying uh, for housing at the current time. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, again, I mean, you're pretty well spot on there, Pete. And we look at real estate as a as an investment. You know, not in one or two years' time. It really is looking over 
10 to 15 years time really and um you know if you want to get that short-term gain of course it is about getting the right property at the right price and really de-risking the process and that's what it comes down to and i think this is where people that sit on the fence probably get a lot of information from different areas and they really struggle to make a managed decision and not understanding the prices and i think this is why you know someone who's on the ground boots on the ground in the area studies the market every day can help make a managed decision very very quickly yeah, that makes perfect sense. Now, Al, tell us a bit about what your role is, uh, buyers, buyers, in terms of uh, helping people to make a decision on where and what to buy given their budget. Yeah, Pete, I'm really the first port of call when it comes to buyers, buyers. So I work with uh, both property investors and people looking for a principal place of residence, more so on the property investment side. What I really enjoy about the role is um, taking a lot of the information that people have already seen. And I deal with people, you know, from all different stages. I might deal with people that have got six investment properties. I might be dealing with somebody who's just starting out and um, is quite property grown and just needs that initial information. Um, so it can be, uh, for some people, a very short process. For some people, it can actually be a bit more lengthy. So it's really about dissecting the information, really working on, well, where are these people at? What are they trying to achieve? And then looking at different areas and so forth. So we might work with their financial advisors or accountants, whoever it might be, or actually their brokers as well. So what we try and do is build that ecosystem for people really to make their purchase safe. Uh, make sure they get the right property at the right price in the right area. We've got no real bias, Pete, as to where to invest in Australia. I've lived in Adelaide. I've lived in Echuca. I've lived in Brisbane. I've worked across the country from Sydney, Melbourne to Perth. So having a very good geographical knowledge of these areas and uh, within our company, Buyers Buyers, Pete, you particularly spend a lot of time pouring over the data, looking at different areas, looking at these sort of driving factors. And really, we get people to the stage where they're 100% comfortable as to what they should invest in and where. And I think that from my point of view is actually um, really comforting to know we're taking people through that journey and you know, we've got no bias. At the end of the day, it is to make the right choice for, for people based on their own personal situations. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And don't forget, of course, on our website, if you're interested in considering where and what you should buy, we do have our where to buy reports. If you just go to the website, buyersbuyers.com.au, check out the property reports section and you can download It's a very powerful tool if you're interested in property investment. Um, Al, I was down in Melbourne uh, last week and I went to the PIPA webinar down there and we had Antonia from REIQ and Ben Kingsley from Empower and um, a really strong panel who were there to talk about the Queensland land tax. But of course, in between that webinar being organised by uh, Nicola at PIPA, webinar actually being hosted of course the Queensland land tax plans were shelved but it was very interesting to see uh, from the PIPA survey that um, when uh, investors are considering which state they're most likely to invest in Queensland always comes out at the top of the pile over 50 percent of respondees I think now that the land tax plans are shelved and that potential risk is out of the way we'll probably see a resurgence of activity into the southeast corner of the state and uh, as a property investor there myself i think it's um, it's always going to be a good long-term performer in terms of housing demand in australia al if people want to get in touch and have a chat with you um, how can they do that best yeah buyersbuyers.com.au page pete they can click on the link they've got a couple of choices there where if they fill out the contact page, um, there's a phone number on there they can actually call direct and they'll uh, get straight through to myself and one of our team. 
you will get an email automatically if you want to do an online meeting. Always love to do the online meetings, Pete. Um, they certainly can do that by clicking the link. So just go to buyersbuyers.com.au, click on the contact page. Beautiful. Okay, Al, it's always a pleasure to catch up and get your thoughts. Uh, hopefully, uh, we'll get some better news out of Echuca over the next few days. And, yeah, we look forward to having another chat again soon. Thanks, Pete. Thanks for listening to Pete's Property Podcast, powered by Buyers Buyers. Don't forget to subscribe and join us next time as Pete chats all things property with a new guest. And just a reminder that the information provided in this podcast is general advice only and doesn't take into account your personal financial situation or needs. You should always consult a licensed professional to discuss your individual personal circumstances.